Hear now uh, the word of the Lord from the ninth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her mead and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Instruct a wise man and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way, let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. Father, we pray this morning together that our ears might be open to your voice of wisdom, that our hearts might be softened to respond to your guiding hand, and that our feet would be quick to be those who both carry and deliver your good news of salvation. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, we pray now. In Jesus' name we pray it together. Amen. When I was a student at Monroe Elementary School, one of my favorite classes, you might be shocked to know, was P.E. (laughs) Part of that was because of Mrs. Corley. Mrs. Corley was one of my most beloved teachers of all time, and um, several reasons, uh, Jake, that I really loved P.E. was because I was so boss at dodgeball. I used to love the, uh, the bowling pin dodgeball where you'd have the whole basketball court and you'd be on your side of, of uh, the, the basketball court and the other group would be on the other side and they would set a single bowling pin on the free throw line and uh, as your players got uh, exited the game after they got hit, if you were able to knock over the bowling pin, your whole side got to return and boy... That was so fun. One of the things I still remember so clearly about Mrs. Corley, not not just the fun that we had, but it was about her whistle. She would blow this whistle, and she had taught us very clearly that any time you hear the whistle blow, you're to do three things. Stop, look, and listen. And boy, we learned that well. In fact, I've tried for years uh, wondering how I could market that idea for parents to use with their children. Because I tell you, when Mrs. Corley blew her whistle, every child instantly stopped, 
located Mrs. Corley wherever she was, especially in the midst of the hubbub of a, a dodgeball game, and fell quiet to listen to her instruction. We, uh, as Jennifer said, we are this first Sunday of the new year. For, for many of us, this is an opportunity to uh, review what has come to pass, to ruminate on uh, what is possibly our future. We, we think a lot about where we've been, the things and activities we've engaged in. It's an opportunity for many that uh, we begin to wonder where we are going and to, to think more concretely about that. We ask uh, perhaps questions like, am I making wise decisions in every facet of my life? Am I walking on the right path in these relationships and in this my life? Regularly in the scripture, God calls us to, to reflect on such questions and to make decisions based on these reflections of who God is and where he is and where he is going and, and how he is leading you. Deuteronomy chapter 30, the Bible says, Today I have set before you life and good, death and evil. Then he goes on basically to say, Choose well through your obedience and your relationship to me. Joshua later would pick up on that idea and he would say, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We won't live by the same standards and principles that those outside of the community of faith live by. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Later, Jesus picks up the similar concept when he describes the narrow and the wide gates. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many enter it. But the gate is small, and the road is narrow that leads to life. These choices that God lays before us, today some of us may consider ourselves at at a real substantial fork in the road of your life. Maybe it's a career decision or a relationship issue or a problem that needs resolving, an opportunity that's arisen at school. For most of us, probably we don't consider ourselves at quite such a dramatic moment of our life just because it's the first Sunday of the new year. However, even if you aren't at a fork, you may find today a good opportunity to consider how well you are walking on the path to which God has called you. As we open up the book of Proverbs, we, we know that Proverbs is wisdom, and we know that wisdom is the ability to take knowledge and experience and education and to put it to work in real life. Wisdom is more than just knowing about a topic or having a great education. Wisdom is making active God's counsel in the regularities of your living. Making God's counsel active and matter. Wisdom is consistently choosing that which leads to wholeness, that which leads to integrity, that which leads to respect for other people, wisdom ultimately is that which honors God by acknowledging God's largeness in the world and his importance, unequivocal priority in your life. As we open Proverbs chapter 9, there is a stark comparison of the similar idea of two options for living. Today I set before you, the writer of Deuteronomy would say, life and good, death and evil. 
The Proverbs, in this chapter, has a a very similar uh, two options for comparison. The options are personified, where there's woman wisdom and woman folly. All through Proverbs up to this point, uh, there has been a picture of life and folly, a picture of a life uh, full of folly, which is things like violent crime or making careless promises or, or laziness in work, dishonesty or sexual impurity. There's also pictures of wise living, things such as caring for the poor and respect for government leaders, the importance for parents to discipline their children and for children to have regard for their parents. And in chapter 9 of Proverbs, both woman wisdom and woman folly make an invitation, an invitation to you, an invitation to you. The invitation has the same words. Both wisdom and folly send out their invitation with the exact same words. But the invitation itself is drastically different. Whoever is simple, turn in here. To him who lacks judgment, woman wisdom says, and woman folly says. You see, the words are the same, but the invitation could not be any more different. The simple one is one who is uneducated or inexperienced, one who hasn't yet learned how to apply God's guidance to life. The same word, but different invitations. You see, woman wisdom invites the simple to come into her house and to eat her food and to learn from her, and it leads to a vibrant life of honoring God. Woman folly invites the simple to come into her home and to eat her stolen and unwell food. And it ultimately leads not to life, but to death and to a graveyard. Woman wisdom, when she says uh, uh, she's described as one who has built her house and has erected seven pillars out in front, That's an idea that uh, there is plenty of room for you. You who hear the call of woman wisdom, don't you fret, because there is plenty of room in her house. See, the typical Hebrew home would have four pillars that would support a roof-like structure over the patio setting. And so a house that had seven pillars is pointing us to the idea of uh, something that is large enough to house the guests that are invited Woman wisdom is described as having a feast, a feast of meat and and of well-mixed wine. She is one who has sent out her maidens and and goes to the highest point of the city and, and calls out to those who would listen. You see, the call of woman wisdom is regular and ongoing, and it surrounds us. The question on this first Sunday of this new year, 2015, is are we listening to the call of God's wisdom. Who is she calling? The simple, the inexperienced, those who know that they don't know everything. Can I say it again? Those who know that they don't know everything. Do you know what you don't know? Probably not. That's why you need wisdom. Can I say it again? Do you know what you don't know? Maybe. But it doesn't matter because to those who know that they don't know everything, it is to you 
It is you who have ears that are alert and ready to hear and ready to accept the invitation. Those who are moldable and willing to learn and be taught. And what is the result of woman wisdom's invitation to come in and to feast? Several years ago when I was on my first visit to Africa, I... uh, you know, I'm a child who grew up with a lot of conveniences, grew up with a refrigerator, even though in my house we called it an ice box. And I don't know in the world, why would you call it an ice box? Uh, ice is such a small part. And I remember asking my mom that question, and she began to describe what old ice boxes were like and where the ice came from and, and all of that. And I was so fascinated what life was like without electricity and uh, available, uh, the availability of it. And I learned in Africa during my first trip that... Uh, you know, feasts are so important, and it gave me a glimpse of, of, uh, of life in the days of biblical times, because without refrigeration and electricity, you wouldn't always uh, have meat readily available, because you couldn't keep it. If you were going to have a meat available, and you would slaughter an animal for such a, an event, you would be sure that you had a lot of people there who could consume it in a short amount of time. You see, woman wisdom is described as one who has meat at her feast and, and well-mixed wine at her feast. And it is a nourishing meal for those who would come into her house and accept her invitation because it is, the result is vibrant living. Earlier in Proverbs chapter 4, it describes the righteous as those who are like the dawn with the light that grows over time. Just this morning, I stared out these windows and watched the sunrise right over here, and all of a sudden, the sky turned this brilliant, hot, pink color. And watching the sun come up, and watching how the, the transition from the evening darkness to the ever-increasing light of day, that is how God describes those who receive and accept the invitation of woman wisdom. It is like that transition from the darkness of night to the light that comes with the dawning of the morning. Well, who is woman folly? If these great things are woman wisdom, why in the world would we listen, or why in the world would we give any credence to the invitation of woman folly? The Bible describes her as one who is loud. She's the noisy one who seems to easily grab the attention of those who pass by. She's kind of like the kid at school who, uh, in your class who constantly interrupts while you're trying to pay attention to the teacher. Do you, do you know that kid? You know, you're sitting here trying to listen because you know if you don't get it, you're going to miss out on what's, what's due and what's responsible the next day or, or the other week. And, and there's this, this kid beside you who just keeps interrupting and keeps wanting to tell you jokes and keeps wanting to tell you what happened to them over the weekend and what they brought for their lunch and all of this stuff. And all you want to do is just focus Well, woman folly is a little like that kid, just keeps pestering and jabbering and talking and trying to distract. And you can't really ignore them because they're consistent. Uh, I love the way the New Living Translation describes her as one who is ignorant, woman folly. One who is ignorant yet doesn't know it. It's kind of like those who Jesus would say are the blind leading the blind. I want you in your mind right now to think about... That place that you've never had the opportunity to visit. Anywhere in the world. The place you've never had the opportunity to visit, but you desperately want to go there someday. Think about that just for a second. Where is the place? I want you to imagine you've never been to this place, but it's a place you've always wanted to go. 
And imagine right after you leave this service, you walk out and you get into a car and you are driven to the airport and you get on a plane and in a few hours you find yourself in that location. Not only are you there for the very first time, but you're expected to lead a tour group through that place. That's a little like woman folly. She is ignorant, yet doesn't know it. She tries to describe life, yet can't describe life. She tries to give you something of substance, yet there is nothing of substance in her. Her invitation is strategically located. She is the one who sits in the doorway of her house, and as those, the Bible says, are walking straight on their way, she is the one whose voice pops up. Hey, hey there, stranger. Hey, look here. Hey, consider this. Hey, I know you're going this way, but have you ever considered this possibility? Doesn't this look nice? Doesn't this look good? Doesn't this look appealing? The voice rings out. Here's something different. Here's something better, more exciting. This is a more fulfilling way to live. And after one is alerted to the folly, to the call of folly, and attention is paid to it, there tends to be a progression. Because first we hear the call of folly, and then the next step can be fascination with the idea, hey, I never considered that, or hey, I've never quite noticed that. And then it's followed up with a fixation on the rush that's delivered by doing wrong. The writer of the book of James describes such temptation. He says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Woman Folly, her invitation isn't to a feast of meat and well-mixed wine. The invitation is to bread and water. Stolen water, isn't it so sweet? The bread eaten in secret, isn't it so delightful? Stolen water, back in Proverbs chapter 5, is a description of taking another person's spouse. The food eaten in secret in Proverbs chapter 1 and 4 describes the temptation of criminal conspiracies in order to make a quick buck. But there are other things done in secret, other sins, the trail of computer images that lead you to places you shouldn't be, lying, quietly offering lies to others to see just how much you can get away with. Then there's certainly the well-known drug and alcohol abuse temptations. There's a well-known singer and songwriter who at age five had composed his very first song and by age 17 was entertaining people and Uh, uh, all sorts of places, venues, and things. Um, He grew up in church, singing in church choir. Um, But as he began uh, as an older teenager, some of his his friends graduated and moved off uh, from high school. And he began to to play and sing at places that uh, were of uh, less reputable um, uh, environments. And he took his first hit on a... A joint, a marijuana cigarette, and that led for about five years' time into all sorts of other drug abuse realities of his life. And he describes his life as sitting one day finally 
on his kitchen floor, not sitting but lying, weeping, seeing that at age 22 how his life had totally, a life that was so promising, had totally frayed and was falling apart. And there was one who, who knew the Lord Jesus. He wept and cried out to God that God would come and get his attention and would lead him and heal him and direct him. And from that point on, God did just that. And he became a very well-known uh, singer, songwriter. And I'll tell you who in a minute. Woman Folly offers you this bread and this water, not a sumptuous feast. She offers you a diet of Twinkies. Do you know there are different ways of enjoying a Twinkie? Do you know what a Twinkie is? Anybody not know what a Twinkie is? If you don't know what a Twinkie is, I need to, I'm going to introduce you. Find me next Sunday and I'm going to give you a Twinkie. A Twinkie is a delightful yellow sponge cake. A Twinkie is filled with wonderful, soft, creamy something. I don't know. <laughs> Did you know you can get not just Twinkies out of a package, but you can, you can have Twinkies cut in half? You can have them cut in small pieces. You could take Twinkies and put them in a batter, and you can deep fry Twinkies. Yeah, that, that's hard to finish. I've tried. Could you imagine eating a Twinkie for every meal of every day of your life? Not a very nutritious meal, right, John Clark? <laughs> that is the meal, that is the diet that Woman Folly offers to you. It may taste sweet at first bite. It may taste appealing and look so good. It may even elicit a craving in you to sink your teeth into it just this once. But woman folly's diet is like that Twinkie, every meal of every day. The Bible describes the result of entering into woman folly's home and sitting at the meal of bread and water that she has prepared as if you're entering into a spiritual morgue. It describes the word sheol in Hebrew, a word describing the underworld, a word that derives its sense from the word hollow, a hollow place, an empty place. The word sheol would also be described in other places in the Bible as a place of dust, a place of darkness, a place of silence, and a place of joylessness. You see, the words between woman wisdom and woman folly are exactly the same. You who are simple, come in here. But they are not at all the same invitation, are they? The singer-songwriter who, at age 17, got involved with drugs, finally collapsed after nearly overdosing on his kitchen floor, crying out to God, is um, one known as Michael W. Smith, who would go on to write many, many well-known uh, choruses, songs. Um, and we praise God for a life that is delivered and one who is capable of hearing and responding to the call of wisdom in his life. Today, I think, is an opportunity for some of us to hear the whistle of God. <laughs> to stop and to look and to listen. Listen to the call of wisdom 
of God's wisdom in your life. To stop, to quiet your mind, to still your feet and your hands, and to get your bearings. The one who calls you by name blows his whistle. To stop. Because to enter woman wisdom's home, you must start in a place of humility. Psalm 90, or 25, 9 says that God guides the humble. Today is your invitation to stop for a moment. To look and to locate one who is calling for your attention. In Psalm 27, the Bible says, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. Stop today. Look at where and toward God. We know that in Proverbs 9.10, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Look at your relationship with God. Look at your relationship as you, His creation, and He, your Creator. Look at your relationship as you, His servant, and He, your Master. Look at your relationship as one who calls you friend because He has revealed His will and desire to you. Stop and look and listen. Today is a great day to consider the course of your spiritual life. Perhaps today you would ask yourself a question such as this. If I continue for the next six months, what I have been doing for the past six months, in order to be with Jesus and to grow in Him, then my life in Christ will be... You fill in the blank. I'll say it again. If I continue for the next six months, what I have been doing the past six months in order to be with Jesus and to grow in Him, then my life in Christ will be. Maybe that's a question this week for you to go and consider. If I pray for the next six months with the same faith that I've prayed for these past six months, God may yet move that mountain. Is that the level of your believing prayer? If I read and study the Bible at the same level that I have the past six months, then I may just feel stuffed because I've overeaten. Is there any danger of that in here? Of having consumed and feasted so heartily on God's Word that you're afraid if you do any more, you might just burst. Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't that be good? Today is a great day to consider the trajectory of your Marriage, of your work, the trajectory of the relationship with your grown children, or a romantic relationship with this person, or that flirty person at your workplace, to ask yourself that if what has happened over the past four months in this area, your marriage, your work, these relationships, that if what has happened over these most recent four months with this person or with this issue, continues on that same trajectory for the next four months, where will it land? Where will you find yourself? Will that issue or that relationship grow up and blossom and develop? Or will it blow up and destroy? Today is a great day to consider in what ways you are tempted toward folly. Today is a great way as you you know those things that call and beckon you 
Today is a great day to pray for renewed strength and to pray for God's wisdom. The scripture invites you, you who lack wisdom, to pray and ask God who gives generously of his wisdom. To go and invite others to pray with you and for you, to support you in this. Part of our life in following Jesus isn't so much necessarily being in control of our life. Rather, it's seeking to be under control, to be prudent in the regular life that we live so that you are able to walk with the risen Lord Jesus. Do we seek a master who over time, as we walk with him, guides us to know how not to be mastered by our cravings, but instead to master them, to walk at a self-controlled life The fear of the Lord is the beginning, it's the starting, it's the middle, it's the ending point of our journey in wisdom. The enjoyment of the Lord is a companion for our journey and the delight of God's presence, both in this life and in our life to come. Father, that is our prayer, is that we would hear and respond to your call of wisdom in our lives. God, we know that woman falling, that temptation is loud, it's boisterous. She calls to us, she beckons. We pray that you would give us the spiritual discernment to know the difference. That you'd give us people around our lives who could help guide and counsel us. That we would have friends that are deep and deeply connected to us, who love us enough to pray regularly for us. We pray, God, for those, all of us, who lack wisdom in certain areas, that we would not be those who consume bread and water alone, but we would enter into your house and into the feast that you have prepared for us so that we might not find ourselves in the morgue, but we would find ourselves living the vibrant life you call us to. May this year be that year and every year after it. Wherever we find ourselves today, may we stop and look to you and listen to you and faithfully respond, we pray. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us, we pray. Amen.